now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Here we go on a Tuesday, Tuesday, a no-show yesterday for Memorial Day. Uh, Cofield, JVT here in the Finley Toyota Studios. Ari is running the show today. John, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good. I'm trying to wake up. I had a busy What's going day. going on, man? I just had a busy day today, which is good. You know, every time you have a busy day, when you're working a lot, that's always good. So, just had a lot of, uh, a lot of commitments. Had to record with uh, Superbook Sports earlier in the morning. Then I had to go record... And do a live show for, uh, of course, uh, my main gig, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, NBA Finals Preview. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and then, got to come here. Popular guy. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm popular, but I got a lot <laughs> I, I got a lot of stuff to do. I'll tell you that much. So, I was just telling you before the show that I really wanted today to be an A's free zone. <laughs> but now we're down to the nitty gritty, so we do have to cover it. And... I'll be the first one to admit it. Yesterday, like, when I do a day off, I'm doing a day off. Now, I was paying attention to VGK and, you know, what happened with their easy victory. We'll get to that. Celtics and the Heat. But was there a a stadium hearing, like, shoehorned into Memorial Day an hour before puck drop of the Vegas Golden Knights? Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, what? Monday night, five hours long. Like, come Cofield, you're gonna be on top of it. Who would ever expect? By the way, I don't. Let's not even get into what could be going on here, and that you did it on Memorial Day. Uh, I mean, that let's we won't even go down that path. We can't, but we can. I want you to hear. So we got all this VGK stuff coming, and I'm fired up. They made the Stanley Cup final. There's a lot of reaction from the hockey world. You know, a lot of anger. A lot of weird stuff from VGK fans. Like, we're hated by the media. I don't know where you're getting that, so we'll address that as well. But, yeah, yesterday they had a hearing with all the important folks, mostly who are pushing the A-Stadium deal. But, you know, it's going to come off as pushing because they're the ones presenting the deal. Now, we've talked about this now for about three weeks, and we said, hey, if they wait till the last minute, this could be a really good strategy to kind of push this thing through. Just like SB1 felt for Allegiant Stadium, where it it didn't appear there were a whole lot of public comments taken, right? There were mm-hmm. some, but maybe the research that should have gone into it from many politicians wasn't done. And this is a hell of a strategy with the session closing on June 5th. You hold it on a day where people are partying, they're taking the day off, most of the sports media is paying attention to, if not the Western Conference Finals with our local professional hockey team than the NBA. So they have a hearing yesterday, and Ken Rosenthal is here. I think he's going to do his dork of the week, longtime baseball guy. And, you know, there's a lot of national baseball people looking at us and looking at the A situation, and they know what John Fisher is trying to do here. It's weird. It's been a saga that's gone on for five and ten years. So Rosenthal comes out firing at the state of Nevada. Dork of the week, well, we sort of hit on this area a lot or this subject matter a lot, but come on, it's the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to dorks. 
Now, this week, we're not going to give it to John Fisher, the Oakland A's owner. We're not going to give it to Rob Manfred, the baseball commissioner. No, we're going to give it to the Nevada lawmakers who held a public hearing on a bill that would give the A's public funding to relocate to Las Vegas. And they held this hearing on Memorial Day. And they held it about an hour before the hockey team in Las Vegas, the Golden Knights, advanced to the Stanley Cup final last night. So you've got it on a holiday, and you've got it on a night when people are distracted by the performance of the hockey team, which was a big performance, gets them to the final. I mean, come on. Now, I get it that the legislative session closes out on Monday, a week from today as we tape this. At the same time, maybe you could have pushed the hearing to Tuesday. Or maybe you didn't want the public really paying attention to this hearing because you're ready to commit up to $380 million in public funds to a $1.5 billion 30,000-seat ballpark. I don't know the true motivations. I merely asked the question here. But you know, Nevada lawmakers, what you were doing. You know what you did, as my daughter always says. Nevada lawmakers, dorks of the week. And guess what? You may be suckers of the week if you prove this deal. All right, strong stuff from outside the market. And I've been here to defend the Nevada legislators because they hadn't had a proposal before this. And now they're going to have to rush through this. Mm-hmm. It didn't really feel like, from what I saw and read yesterday, that there were a whole lot of folks pushing back, a couple here and there. This is weird. And I'm not here. John can do it. We're going to have Adam Hill in the 5 o'clock hour to find out another story that's a uh, very weird with the Raiders and Jimmy G and his contract. So Adam Hill will be in later on. All I'm going to say is, and I will never hold to this, but all I'm going to say is I'm open to the possibility that this A stadium could be good for the community. It could be money well spent. But the biggest issue for me now is the A's themselves and the way this is happening. And this is yet another sign of the A's not being trustworthy. And it's over and over and over again. Obviously, the the biggest part of it is what they've done the last three or four years to just tank their team. Mm -hmm. And then from our view, negotiate with the city of Oakland in bad faith because they just pulled the rug out from under them and then turn to us. Then the rug gets pulled out on the Red Rock Resorts thing. Now they're at TROP. It's just like every step of the way. And by the way, where's John Fisher? If you're going to get $380 million in benefits and over a billion potentially in tax breaks for the next 30 years and what's happening with the roads and who's paying for that, we would love to see you speak. Do something publicly, but this Memorial Day thing where they just shoehorn in a hearing and a presentation on a day where a lot of the market is distracted is just that's not a good sign. I, I agree one hundred percent. I like I I would agree with all of that too. It could be something money well spent. It could be something that we could use as a community. That's fine. But when you do stuff like this, what are we supposed to think as a community when you're trying to get this in here? And I go back to the the Allegiant Stadium. You know, what happened when that thing, and there was a little bit more time there, but what happened when we talked to lawmakers who were supposed to be in charge of doing stuff for our state, our city, and going, ah, you know, we didn't really read the whole thing. You're going through the whole thing here in the span of a week to get this thing rushed through? Do we know all the ins and outs of this? How can, and how can we trust outside of all of this, Steve, like you're bringing up, 
it shows a very underhanded way to get all of this done if you're the Oakland A's. So how are we going to trust your other words where you're like, we're coming to bring a winning product to you. We're coming to bring something that you're going to want to watch. Instead of doing this to get a new stadium so that you can continue to line your pockets and not put anything in to the product itself for us to go and watch. I, I just, I, look, it seems like this is moving down a hill and you can't really stop it. But it like at this point right now, it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. And it's the same thing, you know, I don't know if you remember when they were having those hearings for the, you know, the Allegiant. It gave me the same thought of, I don't know if you remember when they were having actually public comments and the people who were against it got held firm to their timeline. And the other people, I remember pulling clips sitting there, you know, what Ari is doing now, just sitting there listening to these things and pulling clips of people getting cut off after whatever the time limit was, but the others who were pro for it getting to go on and on and on. I just, I, I hate the way this looks. A hundred percent hate the way this looks. We'll get back to it later on the show. I'm not spoiling the night's day and our happiness to cover a good story mm-hmm. for the A's and what they did yesterday and uh, apparently what many politicians are going to jump on board for. And, you know, the, the sad thing is, will there be repercussions? Will people pay them back with their votes? No, because not enough people here pay attention. And, again, I'm I'm wide open. We'll get some of the public servant supporters. We'll get a couple of the detractors on as well. We'll get some more numbers people on this week. I really don't want to bog people down with a story, though, that is probably inevitable no matter what we talk about. So we're here to inform the public. But honestly, a lot of the stuff I saw yesterday, and people were pointing out some of the slides with just outright lies. You know, they're, they're, the A's are so interested in selling this as a low-cost deal. Like, look what, look what we're doing for you, right? You remember what was the – we probably don't have the bite anymore. You remember the commercial that ran for Allegiant Stadium? Oh yeah, right? and it was your stadium. Yeah, this this is all for you, oh, Vegas. That's right. Yeah. And the A's are trying to go down the same path. Like, hey, we've got a low cost deal here. We're almost putting nothing into it. And that, but it's always the stuff on the back end. Mm-hmm. It's always the savings in taxes that they don't have to pay. Anyone out there who believes that the numbers the A's are throwing out are entirely true, that would mean they're walking away from a much, 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 much better deal in the Bay Area. Now, who actually believes that? Because when you look at the numbers that are being presented, this is a terrible deal as compared to the one that they had at Howard Terminal in Oakland. So who who believes this, right? The good guy, that, Steve. It's 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 the most it's the most money that's being spent by a team in a in a uh, public private partnership. Yeah, I saw people point out that uh you know, even like factoids on the Yankees, yeah, um, their deal, and that was misrepresented that the Yankees got in excess of like a billion and a half dollars now and in the future to build their stadium from the public. So, but that it's part of it's part of the whole shell game that all these major league sports and their owners play, and the commissioners are right there for it. Mm-hmm. So, can I do it? Can I do it? Yes, yes, I can. Because yesterday was awesome. Yesterday was so awesome because there was almost no drama. Here is Dan Duva, one of our best play-by-play guys in the market. I mean, you're, he's trying to get amped up here, but when you kick the crap out of the opposition in a game six sitch, this is what you're going to get. They're going back. 
in the Western Conference Final. They will take the Dallas Stars down in six games after leading the series three games to none. Carrier, Carlson, Colasar, Marcheseau, Carlson, Amadio. This one is over. 6-0. A shutout victory in game six for the Vegas Golden Knights. For the second time in six seasons, the Golden Knights will play for the Stanley Cup. And that's the amazing part, is the second time in six seasons for semi-appearances, because obviously the one year was screwed up with COVID, so we'll just call it a semi-final appearances. And again, now a second Stanley Cup final, two inside of six years. And the calls in that first period were awesome. I mean, all drama was just extinguished by, you know, 15 minutes into the game. Here's Carrier to go up one nothing. Colasar finds the puck in the left corner, joined by Nick Waugh. Sidesteps a sandwich. Carrier gets it in front. He shoots. He scores. William Carrier, a backhand goal. And for the third straight game, the Knights take a 1-0 lead. William Carrier's second goal of the playoffs. 1-0 lead. And you hear the names. Carrier. Now, here's one of the bigger stars, but he's the do-it-all guy. And a lot of people think he has been the most valuable player for VGK in the playoffs. He's one of the original misfits. Started out with the organization. Wild Bill. Barmashev to the right for Smith. Put it in front. Shot. Score. Carlson. Power play goal. It rattled in front. William Carlson finally found it at the left side of the crease. 2-0 Golden Knights. 9.35 to go in the first period. Oof. And then you can hear the grumbling. The crowd is starting to get all quiet. And then more depth. Here's Keegan Colasar. Knights take the puck from behind their goal. Martinez springs Colasar, joined by Carrier. Bank pass to him, left circle, back in front. Colasar scores! What a setup! The Golden Knights have taken a 3-0 lead. Six minutes to go, first period. <laughs> Just that easy. Dallas really had no more life. No. They made their push in the previous two games. Down they go, and we are freaking so spoiled here. That's why it's so funny talking about an 11-win baseball team coming to Vegas and us building a stadium for them, this is the standard now. We are so spoiled. You ever look at a list of franchises around the NHL and how long their drought is Mm -hmm. to win a Stanley Cup? There's like four organizations that are over 40 freaking years. Now, the Knights haven't won yet, but... They're making it for the second time. A lot of these organizations haven't even really challenged to to win a cup. They haven't even made a Stanley Cup final. So two times in six years, four in the semis, and now favored in these Stanley Cup finals. This is amazing. And the amazing part of it is, I mentioned Wild Bill, there's only a handful of guys from that original team. And all this ownership group and management has done is look at each year and go, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. And how many organizations in sports do that? There is no like when people want to point back to the expansion draft or you know the uh, the NHL handed this to them. Not really. They gave them a, a fair start, but since then all they've done is make changes and hit on almost everything. And when they don't hit, like they get this toxic mix with Robin Leonard and Flurry. You just extricate yourself and you move on. Mm-hmm. And fans aren't going to be happy sometimes, but you move on. You trust your judgment, and now they. Here they are again. I mean, another Stanley Cup final. I think that's the greatest part about the story for them. It's you know getting here is awesome. It's the it's the sustained success in which they've been able to do. And you talk about like the original you know um, group of misfits that they had, and then all the way through and just replacing guys and looking around, seeing what they can do to improve. That at the head coaching position too, 
right? If it's not good enough, well, guess what? We're moving on. We're going to find another guy. And if that's not good enough, then we're going to move on. We're going to find another guy who we think can fit. And it's all. it also speaks to you. I mean, you said depth. I mean, you're here when you have a guy like Aiden Hill in net. Like, you're just going around and you're looking at this team like they're hitting on everything. And they deserve a lot of credit. And to be frank, like, when you talk to a lot of NHL fans who have these criticisms of this organization, uh, it's first off, it's jealousy. But it's also misdirected because it doesn't see at all what this organization has been doing since it became a thing uh, six years ago. And the fact that they're here again speaks to how brilliant this front office has been. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. Big Dave, VGK has advanced from the Western Conference Finals. Got a little dicey there. 3 nothing and 3-2. But yesterday, an absolute blowout. Dallas, I won't say quit because we were using the word quit a lot last Thursday when Jamie Benn decided to quit on his team and uh, try to smash out Mark Stone with a stick and then left the arena. He fell. He fell. He was bracing his fault. Yeah. yeah. So Dallas goes out, gets just crushed yesterday, 6 nothing. And keep in mind, this is a weekend where we just mentioned about 15 minutes ago, the A's kind of oddly shoehorned in their introduction hearing, <laughs> introduction session for their stadium, where they're asking for $380 million. We'll hit on that later on. We've got a quarterback situation with the Raiders where some of the people who are most closely tied to the Raiders in the media are saying nothing to see here, but there's something to see here with a contract that a dude signed that allows the organization to waive him at no cost if he's not ready to go and pass a physical come the time of training camp or shortly after that. That's an amazing story. It is nuts today on a Tuesday, and we just we just witnessed Boston – and their Celtics on the heels of the Bruins get knocked out of the playoffs by an eight seed. You know, different sort of series with the Bruins and Celtics, but that's certainly something. By another South Florida eight seed. That's a good point. We got the <laughs> South Florida theme in the finals, which is, you know, we're going to get some South Florida people on. That market has always fascinated me. Like, I think they're very much into the Dolphins. Beyond that, I'm not sure what they're into. Right. And especially on the hockey front, because if people haven't been down to Sunrise, it's an amazing. Amazing setting for a hockey arena, but that's all coming up. Little reaction after the game to continue to build a conversation here. Yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights, we were told by Bill Foley way back, you know, six, seven years ago, playoffs in three, cup in six, and we're like, okay, all right, okay. Year one, they make the cup final. (laughs) They've made the playoffs five or six years, and this year they're back trying to win a Stanley Cup and shove it in the face of a lot of markets out there like Toronto that hasn't won in 55 years. Vancouver, over 40 years. Long, long drought for a bunch of teams out there. The Sabres. Sabres have never won. Sabres made the Stanley Cup, John, mm-hmm. in their fifth year. Now they made the final at least one other time. They've lost in the Eastern Conference Final, but they've never won a cup. And in six, VGK has a chance to win, and I think a lot of it is because of Butchie, Bruce Cassidy. I was just going to say, like all these hardcore hockey fans that have been there for like the long haul, right, of these teams that have had all this failure, it's not even just the Vegas Golden Knights. They're looking at Florida, which was established in, what, like 93, won the President's Trophy last year. They're just like, why can't we catch a break? (laughs) It's hilarious. Right? Markets like Vegas – and Raleigh, North Carolina, yep. 
and South Florida, where they're you know clearly the fourth team, and markets like that are on the edge of winning a cup. I mean, officially, it's going to be VGK and the Panthers. But I think a lot of it's because of Cassidy. Um, yeah, the winning helped this year, but they still had to overcome a lot of adversity. Just his approach, right? He's generally pretty calm. He answers questions with the media. I assume he speaks the same way to his players, and he talked about that after the game. Yeah, well, it's definitely our best game of the playoffs, and it came at the right time. Um, you never know when it's going to happen. You always want to keep building. So, boy, if we can bottle that going forward, uh, we're going to be a tough team to beat. But guys responded well to a little adversity. You get down, and great start. We just kept going from there. And I think they knew the importance of it. That's why you can sustain it. You don't want to let a team off off the mat. We were up 3 nothing. There was some chatter about that. So we wanted to make sure we took care of business. And once we did get the lead, I thought we did a great job staying focused on the what was in front of us? There's Cassidy talking about visualizing a win, talking about it. You no, know, we had a little honest conversation about that last night. What's in front of us? You know, it's okay to it's okay to dream a little bit of you know, you know once we you know get the fourth win, what's in front of us and what prevented them from doing it the previous year. So we, we talked about that and uh, openly about it. And and then today it was more about okay, now we drill down on the details of how we're going to win that game. And I thought we did a real good job of handling. Those conversations now getting back to work and now being in the moment today. And we have some veteran guys in the room, so credit to them. They've been through it. And, of course, Wild Bill coming through again. I think never expected to be, you know, one of the top three or four guys in a particular effort because he does so many things that are quiet, but he was big yesterday. Well, I think he's had a terrific second half. He's really found his stride. Can use him in any role. Obviously, he's power play, PK, checking, offensive guy, so... Can't say enough about him. He's just a terrific guy. It just goes to work every day. No maintenance. I remember at the start of the year, he's playing with a couple of younger guys, and we're using some, you know, I guess more guys more advanced in their career, and he kind of, you know, had to pull some young guys into it in a different role and never said a word. Just, I'm going to do what I got to do. And so you're happy for those guys. My favorite theme of any winning team, really any team, if you're going to win, no maintenance. Mm-hmm. You heard that, right? How many people you work around at Visa and we're like, whew, it's a lot of maintenance here. Maybe it's you. That was just, right? Yeah. Maybe it's me. But people are at Lotus like, whoa, a little maintenance there. Uh, they didn't win at the level they wanted to a year ago, but Kevin Kruger would talk about the fact all the time that his guy, Justin Webster, just shows up every day. Same guy every day. And, you know, while a lot of us in sports talk radio will, in clunky fashion, try to tie together what happens with teams and your workplace – it really is applicable on the maintenance thing. Mm-hmm. You have to have guys who show up every day, and you know what you're going to get. And then if there's changes, it's not going to be like, whoa, what's Wild Bill going to do? Because you know everyone out there driving right now, right, listening at their office, wherever, at home, you work somewhere, and you're like, what's so-and-so going to do when we tell them about this change? Oh, boy. How do we tell them? Right? Well, maybe that is me. I got a text today saying to call someone. Did I get a call? I don't know if I did. I called back. They didn't pick up. I think they were very afraid of what I was going to say. Nothing to be afraid of. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> now, are we a winning team? We strive to be. Bring, we bring strive to be. Every day. The, the hope is there. That's right. Like Cassidy said, right? Dare to dream. You can talk it out. We can do it. We can win. You see this red spot on my nose? It's because it's always on the grindstone, baby. <laughs> we can win. Today, we're going we're gonna to solve a lot of issues here in Cofield & Company. By the way, including, we have to get to uh, John and I think what is a very hobbled wheel. It's a lower body injury, which is probably going to play out for most of the show because he's not going to stand up. I don't feel like he's going to push it today. 
Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at me, JVT. Or tweet the show at Cofield and Company or at ESPN Las Vegas. From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. A lot more on the Vegas Golden Knights story. Stanley Cup Final. It's happening again. Flashback to 2018. Uh, Darren Dreger. We're going to try to track him down. Expert from TSN. Very well-known uh, insider around the NHL. So we'll get his take on how this final developed, what the reaction is around the league, and how this VGK team is different from team number one, year number one, that made it to the Stanley Cup Final. But VGK fever is flowing through the veins of a lot of people around Las Vegas, including... Your mother. Mm. What's happening here? So I got a call the other day. Um, you know, my mom's not the best with technology yet. Um, she'll get there. It's only 2023. And, and uh, you know, just needed to know. Generally, what it goes the other way. Right. Just, <laughs> again, I was just giving a whole speech on being hopeful. Right. Is your mom the high maintenance one in the family uh, when it comes to technology? Of course not. Um, of course not. So, like, she's, I guess, you know, she's been into this, I guess, wants to find out what's going on. Knights are winning. Everybody's talking about it. Got to watch the game. So that was for game uh, four. Game five, which was this last Saturday, we're having a family get-together. Now, obviously, as you know where my loyalties lie as somebody who writes and covers the NBA for my main gig, Saturday was also the Eastern Conference Finals, game six. So at the family get-together, I come over, I'm like, hey, got to use your TV. And she's like, oh, yeah, we've got to put on the Knights game. And I was like, hmm, not the game you think. We're watching the conference finals game tonight, Mom, but we're not watching the hockey game tonight. We'll put it on my uh, my phone so we can keep track of it. But, yeah, her and my whole family, like they're not sports fans. I'm the only sports fan in my family outside of maybe my Uncle Ben. And, like, that's it. And all the whole night, hey, what's the score? Hey, what's the score? What's going on? Now, my mom thought that they were eliminated from the playoffs after they lost that game. So I had to explain to her, like, no, nah, it's the best of seven. Like, they're fine. They actually have a, a dominant lead, and they're probably going to win this series, more than likely. But it's crazy, man. Everybody's into it. And it's like that's why I think, too, when we talk about, you know, the ramifications of success and what it all means, and we talk about on the ice and competing for championships and doing all that, what you've done to build up a fan base out here in Las Vegas over these last six years and how long that's going to carry on, you know, if you ever hit a point, which is likely, in terms of a lull of success, we'll see what happens. But right now, you're building something, man, where people care. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah. But enjoy the good times for now. They've got a core that is pretty damn solid, and they seem to be breaking the mold around the NHL. It was funny. I was watching a, uh, a video today on TSN about just what the Knights have done and how they've done it and – the expert was talking about the NHL as a league that in the past has said, you just don't make trades in the NHL. You don't? You don't? Or that a center is really hard to get. It is? Now, I recognize that these things aren't easy, but what the Knights have done is kind of broken a pattern. Frankly, I mean, the other major league franchise in town that won a championship last year, Mark Davis and the Aces, have broken the mold. I, I mean, they, they did it to the point where, you know, they were allegedly cheating, but I guess... The, if you ain't cheating, the, you ain't trying. The positive is they care. Allegedly. They care. Like, Mark Davis looked around, he's like, well, this place isn't full. It wasn't full the whole season. Mm-hmm. Let, let's go. And then they win a title, and Foley's just 
he's insatiable, man. The guy wants to freaking win. So yeah, I don't I don't know what the future holds. I know that if they win a Stanley Cup, they're, they're going to be insured, uh, you know, good crowds for a long time. But here's the thing: I don't think they'll ever rest on that. As long as Foley's around, uh, this is not going to be one of those organizations where they're like, "Well, we did it." You know, now we can take our foot off the gas pedal. Like, what's when you're think about it? When you're in your 70s and you're super rich and you buy one of these teams, and I've never really understood that with a lot of the other guys and women who own teams, and it's mostly mm-hmm. white white males. I got a good chance. You, you, yeah. I mean, I get it. You're buying it as an investment, but at that point, you're so freaking rich. Isn't it almost a novelty? You're going to make money when you sell the team. Why wouldn't you want to have good times and try to win and go balls to the wall? Mm-hmm. I get it. No, right? I understand. And, but- I will not sign Alex Petrangelo. Budgets! Budgets! Michael, we can't take him on. There's a budget to be held. No, no, there's no budget. I mean, there's a cap, but hey, whatever you guys need to do, and you can fit it, and we're mostly not breaking the rules. Let's go do it. I mean, who doesn't want an owner like that? Right? I don't want to, I don't want to break the rule. I don't want to break the rule. What's the make, rule? Make the obvious joke. You can make it. Can't wait for the A's to get here, baby. Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to lvsportsnetwork.com and go to podcast to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. Crazy times. Vegas Golden Knights back in the Stanley Cup final. Again, I just laugh every time I say it. It is, uh, it's wacky how this whole thing has developed now over six years, and Darren Dreger's been covering the league for a long time from TSN, and I'm sure he's uh, wowed at the way this thing has developed for the league. Darren, how you doing? It's Steve and John here in Vegas. Hey, I'm doing okay, guys. How are you? Uh, we're good. Hey, you know what? Covering winning teams, covering a story like this, it's a crazy story, especially when we've got it uh, sort of, sort of uh, pitted, <laughs> pitted against the A's coming to town, potentially one of the most losing franchises in all of sports. But let, let's talk positive, first of all. For yeah. you, what, what's, the, what's the big narrative for you uh, about this Golden Knights unit making the Stanley Cup Finals? A little bit of everything. Uh, you know, historically, as we follow the march of, of any team with the Stanley Cup championship, you know, you, you wonder about how they got there. And normally that, that starts with uh, quality ownership. Uh, you know, we, we know that exists in the Vegas Golden Knights in the name of Bill Foley. Uh, then you, you go into real smart management, which is George McPhee and, and Kelly McCrimmon. You know, McCrimmon especially is, is noted as one of the most aggressive and creative general managers in the sport. Uh, then you look at coaching. I mean, yeah, there have been some real tough decisions that have been made by management and ownership when it comes to coaching, and they end up with Bruce Cassidy, who has to be, has to be as highly regarded as any man in the profession, period. And then that takes you to the roster. Again, assembled by management, coached by Cassidy, and you look at heart and soul guys like Mark Stone and Alex Petrangelo and, and go down the list. So it's not one thing. It's a combination of things. And then perhaps the most difficult ingredient to find year in and year out is that of chemistry and momentum and a little bit of both, right? And the teams that find that and have it are the teams that normally go deep and potentially hoist the Stanley Cup. And, and I see that in the Vegas Golden Knights. But I also see a lot of that in the Florida Panthers, especially with chemistry and momentum. So I think it's going to be a fascinating Stanley Cup final. With the Knights, what do you tell fans who are still kind of holding on to, well, hey, they had a great head start with that easy expansion draft? <laughs> well, I get it, um, and I can understand and appreciate that. But, you know, what's happened since? 
what's happened since is that this team has remained super competitive. This organization has faced its share of adversity in its short window of existence in the National Hockey League and has overcome all of that. As I just mentioned, there have been bold decisions that have been made by management, supported by ownership, and it's become a destination of choice in the National Hockey League, and not just for free agents. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Who wouldn't want to live in Vegas and enjoy the, the spoils of everything that, that goes into that environment. But you want to play and you want to work for a first-class operation, and that's what the Vegas Golden Knights are. So I think we can forget about trip to the Stanley Cup final in year one. And now that you've got a larger sample size body of work, the proof is in the pudding here. This team is for real and has been for real from day one. Darren Dreger, uh, TSN. Darren Dreger's up with Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. I also think we, we shouldn't revise history when it comes to Jack Eichel. That was a bold move. Now, yeah. Not everyone around yeah. the league was like, hey, that's a good guy to make one of your main guys. He's really trustworthy. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But look at that trade now. And, and yeah. you know, you, if, if Vegas hoists the Stanley Cup, then, you know, of course you can build an argument that they won that trade with the Buffalo Sabres because the way that Jack Eichel has played to this point of the postseason, it seems like he will be very influential and, and have an impact on ultimately that being the goal and, and the outcome. Let's see. It's, it's going to play itself out over a seven-game series. But then I look at what Buffalo acquired, and they've got some real strong pieces and pieces that could develop into what could be a Stanley Cup contending team in Buffalo in the not-too-distant future. So this could turn out to be historically one of the rare win-wins. But now let's back it up and go back to Jack Eichel for a moment. Um, Don't know the last time I've been as impressed in a player and how he has adapted to his new environment and embraced the challenge. You know, Eichel has always been a a star, quote-unquote, player, offensively speaking. But you know, you come into the system that Bruce Cassidy uh, coaches, uh, which is very structured, but also very fair for offensive players. But you've got to play the right way. As Bruce talked about not that long ago, when you're turning the puck over 24 times, I mean, you can't do that at any point of the season. Well, every man adheres to that. And I'm seeing Jack Eichel play two-way game I've never seen him play before. And, and it's, yeah, he's, he's still creative, and he's still making fantastic offensive plays, but it's the play away from the puck and how hard he's working on the back check and back pressure and all of those things that have made him equally dangerous from a defensive perspective. So that, for me, has uh, it's been very impressive, specific to Eichel, and just as importantly, the leadership that has encouraged him to play the right way and the coaching that insists that you play that way. Darren, one of the interesting dynamics of, of the Stanley Cup Finals also is you know looking at these two teams and, and where they're from and their length of existence. You know, we, we obviously know the Golden Knights only around six years. Florida, nineteen ninety three, the year yeah. of establishment. It's as old as me, essentially. But we have all these you know these hockey cities and these franchises that have been around for so long. They're in such long droughts. Yeah. Like when they're looking at these two, what can they take from them to kind of break these? Neither one of them has won the cup yet, but I mean, <laughs> the, the Knights have gotten their second crack at it in six years. Some of these cities got to be looking around like, what the hell? Yeah, well, again, I mean, they better be tipping their cap to good management, right? Because it's difficult. Now, look, fellas, you know, we can look back at the last six years as we kind of skimmed over the surface. I'm sure you guys have have dove deep on this on countless occasions here of late. Um, Time is coming where the Vegas Golden Knights are, are going to have to get into renovation mode and potentially a rebuild. 
but it's not anytime soon. And, and it's how you transition as quickly as you can, you know, that, that gets real challenging for management because inevitably you can't keep trading away prospects and trading away draft picks. So that time is, is going to come, but isn't the goal to win the Stanley Cup? Yep. It is. I mean, that's what every team strives for, and they drop puck, you know, at the start of the NHL regular season. 32 teams uh, have the same goal, and only one achieves that goal. So, you know, if the Vegas Golden Knights can tuck one away here in uh, the first decade of, of their NHL existence, that's saying a lot. So I think that teams around the National Hockey League are, are willing to give their due, and give credit where credit is is due. I don't think that you'll see much of a copycat. Um, you know, the salary cap for some is, is as challenging as anything in the sport, but that's been a major hurdle and challenge for the Vegas Golden Knights as well. But as I said, it's a destination of choice. And when you've got players that stumble over themselves to get there, that can make it a little bit easier for those clubs who have been waiting and wanting and pushing for as long as many of them have a long, long time to, to get to the point that Vegas is in now. Where can the Panthers hurt the Golden Knights? Well, it's a good question. I mean, it seems pretty obvious that, you know, you talk about anything net front and anything around the, the goal, and that has little to do with the quality goaltending that we can expect from Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, Aiden Hill came in in a tough circumstance, and he proved all the naysayers wrong. But his biggest challenge is the one that he's about to face, and I know that sounds somewhat obvious, but one thing about the Florida Panthers is they are opportunistic, and we know that they play a physical brand, right? They're going to forecheck as hard as any team that Vegas has faced to this point. And if they get an opportunity to round that net, be it deflection, be it battling for pucks in front that we often see from Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett, and company, they're going to try and capitalize on that. But that's that's not new. It's just going to be a new and perhaps the most difficult challenge that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to face. But defensively speaking, they're ready for that. They've got big men on the back end that can do their job and, and clear that area that we're talking about. But if the, the Florida Panthers can establish that forecheck and generate some zone time, then those opportunities are going to be hard to keep at bay. It's Cofield and Company, ESPN Las Vegas, getting ready for the Stanley Cup final Knights taking on the Florida Panthers. Darren Dreger is on with us from TSN. You know, I was watching a video earlier with Dave Poulin talking uh, on TSN about how Vegas and Florida is actually good for the league. And something caught my attention yeah. in the two-and-a-half-minute video, and he mentioned that in the past, maybe around the NHL, people thought that, hey, trades are hard to make. Okay, the, the Knights have built yeah, through a lot not. of trades, and then uh, explain to the audience here what happened yeah. with Kachuk. How was he even available, and how the Panthers get him, and how many other people actually made a run at Kachuk? Yeah, well, look, um, you know, Matthew Kachuk had leverage on his side, and he had trade protection, and he had everything going for him. So it was less about the number of teams that would have lined up, but there would have been a number of teams. I mean, you're talking about an elite level player. Yeah, he had some, some issues. All players go through their struggles, and, and he did in Calgary. But we can see the player that Matthew Kachuk is, and he's world-class for the Florida Panthers now. You know, it kind of unraveled for, for Calgary, to be fair. And when Toronto was eliminated at the hands of the Florida Panthers, you know, I made the point, okay, well, Toronto upper brass should be looking at, at what the, the Florida Panthers did last year. Now, bold, bold move. Win the President's Trophy, get eliminated in the second round, they replace a very popular and successful coach in 
Andrew Burnett, with more experience in Paul Maurice. Okay, there's a box checked by Bill Zito, the general manager. Ah, no, we're not done yet. You know, we've got some other stuff. We want to, you know, really embrace our roster here. And they make what qualifies as a blockbuster trade by NHL standards, sending two very, again, popular guys, Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberto, to the Calgary Flames. And Matthew Kachuk, part of that return package. And it all kind of kind of eroded for Calgary because Johnny Goudreau went to free agency. Brad Trilliving, then the general manager in Calgary, tried hard to extend Goudreau. wasn't going to work. That was all Matthew Kachuk needed to see to say, okay, well, I'm not going to be the last man standing here, so I want to go too. So both general managers find a way to execute. Uh, again, a significant, significant deal that couldn't have gone any better for the Florida Panthers in, in every respect. Last one. Darren Dreger's with us here on Cofield and Company, ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, great coverage for TSN. He's our hockey insider. You can tell me I'm a moron on this one, and maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm a little blinded by uh, the insular thoughts of many Americans. Um, I watched the end of the Oilers series against the Knights, and Man, their star players seem kind of miserable. And I've thrown it out there that maybe places like Vegas and Florida, because the coverage is it's pretty intense here from the media, but it's not like in those Canadian yeah. markets. Is it now easier to win a cup in these American cities where you get covered, but it's not every freaking waking minute? Yeah, it's easier. Uh, to win a cup, I'm not so sure, but it's easier to play in that world and in that environment because you're not dragging all of your troubles and struggles home with you. There's enough pressure just being an NHL player, and if you're a, a star player, top six player in the National Hockey League, you know there's uh, an individual pressure that you put on yourself. Just plain and simple, right? And you don't have to hear about it 16 different ways from Canadian media in those markets or the major markets in the United States where you got to face the music every single day. After practice, you're talking about a five or a 10 game scoring drought. Um, you know, after practice, you're talking about a bad goal if you're a goaltender that you let in in three straight games. You know, you're talking about, you know, the defensive blunders of your team, all of that stuff. I get it. It weighs on these players. But the professional pride that these guys put into their game, in certain cases, that's enough. You know, we've heard Matthew Kachuk fellas talk about how much fun it was to go to the rink this year playing in Florida. Well, if he's not at the rink, he's probably on a golf course enjoying himself in November and December, and he sure as heck isn't doing that in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So there are lots of aspects of that job as a pro hockey player that would be really attractive when you're playing in a state like Florida or in uh, in Vegas. Darren, awesome spot, man. Really enjoy your work and watching the coverage on TSN. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the Stanley Cup final. Well, Thank we you. will. We will for sure. Darren Dreger from TSN. I'm telling you, there's a reality to where players want to play and not having to pay the state income tax and be in warm weather most of the year. It makes a difference.